movement is medicine, right? So movement helps a lot of your tissues heal. And if you listen to anything we talked about on hamstring tendon pain, iliotibial band syndrome, or runner's knee, you know that movement is the key to healing your running-related injuries. Movement is also the key to recovering after your half marathon or your marathon. So here's the question. How do runners like us remain active, get stronger, and heal from injuries without being told to stop running and create a healthy life for ourselves so we can continue to hit PRs well into our 40s and 50s? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. My name is Dr. Dwayne Scotty, physical therapist, running coach, and creator of Spark Physical Therapy, where we help active adults be able to run without aches and pains so you can feel good about yourself again. Welcome to the Healthy Runner Podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the live Healthy Runner Podcast within our Healthy Runner Facebook community. In this episode, we are going to be talking about how to recover after your race. We're going to be talking about what to do and what not to do after your marathon or half marathon. So first off, if you're listening to this episode, it means you probably have completed a recent race. So kudos to you first and foremost. Races are an awesome way to challenge ourselves and test our fitness level and to see if all that training and miles you have been logging is paying off from a performance perspective. So shout out to my Connecticut runners who just finished the Hartford Half or Fullman or Race Series. So for those of you who are watching this on Facebook or within our Spark Your Training YouTube channel, you will see I'm decked out in my post-race t-shirt. I got my medal swag going, so I'm going to throw my medal on because there hasn't been many races in 2020, so why not uh, wear the swag, right? I haven't had a chance to wear it a lot, so I figured I'd wear it here for our live episode within our Healthy Runner Facebook community. So you may also be listening to this episode prior to your race. So in that case, you're definitely an overachiever. So kudos to you. You're getting a head start on what you need to do right when the race finishes. So this will be super helpful information for my local Connecticut runners who are doing the virtual Cheshire Half Marathon this upcoming weekend. So these tips are going to be really important for you guys to know so you can do immediately right after your race. And for those who ran this weekend, um, the day of race information. You can see if you hit those goals or you didn't, but the day after and the week after parts that I'm going to be talking about are going to be super helpful for you. So for those of you who are jumping here on the live within Facebook, just type in live into the comment box. Let me know you're here. Let me know who's here. I'm curious to see who's here with us live, who's completed a race. And if you guys did do a race this last weekend, let me know what you did. Did you do half marathon? Did you do a marathon? Did you do the virtual race challenge series? So did you do multiple races? Let me know in the comment box. So in this episode, guys, what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be talking about post-race recovery tips and answering these common questions. Can I run the day after a half marathon? How long should you rest after a half marathon? When to start running after a marathon? 
So we're going to be talking about all that. And what I want to do is I kind of was thinking about this all day today, actually, thinking about how am I going to frame this conversation? How can I break this down as easy as possible? So I kind of like frameworks. I like like tips and five tips um, for healthy running, right? Uh, We talk about that a lot. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to break down three distinct phases of your recovery after your big day, after that big race. So in each of these phases, there's going to be four specific tips to help you recover quicker so you can get back to doing what you love, and that's running in a healthy way without getting injured. So the three phases we're going to be covering in tonight's episode is really immediately after your race, the day after your race, and the days after your race. So I kind of alluded to what we did for virtual Hartford race series, but I do need to kind of just express um, how grateful, honestly, I was um, to experience not only from, you know, a, a personal running perspective, but just seeing our community and how our community has grown and even seeing some runners who I ran into on the trail, who have been following the Healthy Runner Facebook group or following and listening to the podcast, kind of reach out to me and send comments. Um, it's been it's been great to be able to have this community of runners. And thank you, the listener, for tuning in either on the podcast or within Facebook. And um, I'm very grateful to have you guys in our community. And I just love that there are more runners out there who are dedicated to their health and staying healthy so we can keep running and doing um, what we love. So what I'm going to start is with a little dynamic warm-up because this might be your first time listening within our Facebook community or on the podcast. So my dynamic warm-up of who I am, for those of you that don't know me or new to our community, I'm Dr. Dwayne Scotty. I'm a physical therapist, a running coach, and the creator of Spark Physical Therapy, where we help active adults be able to run without aches and pains so you can feel good about yourself again. So essentially, I help two types of runners, those that are in pain and who need rehab, and we get them better, get rid of their pain, and then we also add prehab to help prevent it from coming back. So we really get down to the root cause of what is causing your pain, as opposed to putting Band-Aids on and just trying to get you out of pain. Let's fix the root cause so you can continue running for weeks, years, like ages, right? We want to keep running. That's our goal. So I also help runners who are not in pain to get them on a preventative prehab program to improve their performance. So if you're looking to decrease your time on your next half marathon or marathon, it's either through providing a a custom design program for you or through one-on-one coaching where I design a plan for you that's based upon your individual needs, based upon your injury history, and keep you healthy and training to be able to hit those goals that you have for your next half marathon or your next marathon. All right. And I also am happy to, and we just completed our first Team Healthy Runner coaching program. So that just wrapped up yesterday. That was eight weeks of training. And that was just an amazing experience with everyone who was in there on the team. Um, It got me so pumped up. And especially during this difficult year of 2020, it was great to have a community. We had our 
own kind of private Facebook community. And Coach Latoya Felton was killing it with our inspirational, motivational post. Everyone was kind of adding in things into that community. We were getting together for live group runs on Sundays. So that was very, very very special program to me. I appreciate everyone who jumped in the program, who believed in it. And I think they really benefited um, in their results in our half marathon yesterday. So thank you guys for being there and stay tuned for our spring half marathon training program that will be released, that we will be starting and believe it or not, only three months from now. So time flies and that's pretty crazy to think about. But I thought about that a couple of days ago that we're going to be starting to think about that in three months from now, we're going to be kicking that off. So stay tuned to that. If you missed our last team healthy runner uh, program, my goal is to roll that out twice a year where we have this enrollment for probably normally it will be a 10 week training cycle for a half marathon training program to get you ready for your spring half marathon or your fall half marathon. All right. So stay tuned to that. And the other thing is, you know, I just want to highlight the importance of a plan and a plan of attack for your runs, because I know myself, I personally have seen that in just seeing. So this year was the year where I did become certified as a running coach. And a lot of the principles I learned in my certification process and taking more of a deeper dive into actually run coaching, I've really implemented myself personally and with a lot of my clients. And the results have just been amazing. And not only, so like yesterday, I was actually able to personally shave off, you know, two and a half minutes from a half marathon I did uh, three months ago, and then, or no, four and a half minutes, and then two and a half minutes from last year's Hartford half. So granted, this course was definitely flatter, but it wasn't a real race setting. Um, we, we had some healthy runners around, but it wasn't a true race setting. So I would like to believe that in that Hartford setting, hopefully I'd be able to do just as well. And I think it really, you know, this was the first time that I actually ran sub eight minute miles since 2016. So, and I don't say that to brag because I am definitely not the fastest runner by any means. And I, I think it's something where we all have our personal goals. And for me, that's not my goal. So my goal is to get back to my PR times, which was essentially five or six years ago. So this was the first time that I ran that fast for a half marathon in four years. So that was a huge accomplishment on my end, but I know I still need further to go. And I, I think the key, and this is the point that I want to get across, is there is a proper way to train. And if you just go out there and guess with your training or you just pull up a generic plan off the internet that you Googled, it might not be right for you and for what your goals are. So I just want to highlight that whether or not you, I, I highly believe in run coaching first off. So whether or not use me or not, a running coach can really help guide you to meeting your goals and doing it in the right way. And, and my goal and why I started um, coaching runners is to prevent injuries, right? So again, as my history as physical therapist, it's been reactive care. Someone gets injured, they come to me. My goal is to kind of prevent injuries. And it's been kind of cool to work with runners who aren't injured and to help them be able to get to those goals while staying healthy. So that's my little two cents, my little take. Uh, perhaps I will do a little deeper dive into what I've learned this past year with a lot of the things I've learned um, from a coaching standpoint and that I've implemented personally and with my clients. And maybe we can do a deeper dive on that, on tips 
to kind of help you guys uh, moving forward. In this episode, we're going to be really talking about how to recover after a race and what to do after your marathon and half marathon. So I'm going to preface this by stating this will obviously look slightly different based upon your ability, your fitness level, your running experience, and dietary needs. But these guidelines will help you navigate the day of your races as well as the week that follow so you can bounce back as quickly as possible. So as I mentioned before, these recovery tips are going to come in force. So just like our classical elements, so I'm going to get a little sciencey on you. Kat's going to like this one, uh, come in force. I know you guys can relate to this as runners. So for those of you who are on the Facebook Live right now, here's a quiz for you. What are the four classical elements? If you know the four elements, drop it in the comment box right now. All right, let's see if you guys get that. But I'm going to start this off. I'm going to spark it off. Let's spark it up. Here we go. Phase one. Phase one of recovery immediately after your race. So for those of you who raced yesterday, this info is a little late for you. But if you're racing next week, this info is going to be super important for you right after race. So this is immediately after your race. Tip number one, move and walk. So you have to keep moving and you have to walk. So if you are an experienced runner and you've run many, many races, so again, this weekend for me, I believe this was like race number 54, half marathon. I think it's 23, 23 half marathons I've done, right? So I've done, I have a bunch under my belt. I have some experience. So right when I was done, I went with my buddy Lou. We went for a low jog, right? So we did a run. So you can run for a mile or two. However, if this is your first marathon, do not go running afterwards. Walk and move around. What that is going to do is that's going to help flush some of the waste products that are building up in your muscles that happen during the race. So that lactic acid and waste, it will help pump some of that out of your muscles into your bloodstream so it can get reabsorbed. The biggest thing you don't want to do is you do not want to sit after your race. No matter how freaking tired you are, no matter that last half mile, you're just like, where is the finish line? Get me there now. I am going to collapse when I cross the finish line. As much as you want to collapse and land on the ground and just sit, avoid that. Trust me, your body will be thankful after Try your best to keep walking. Keep moving. That will help promote active recovery. So you're going to be pumping through those fatigued muscles and clear that excessive metabolic waste um, that you accumulated during the race. All right. So the other reason, honestly, to keep walking and moving is that since your body has been pumping blood and oxygen to your working muscles during your whole race, Right, that's most of us don't even think about peeing or think about anything else because all of our blood flow is going to our muscles, right? And it's not really going to your digestive system. It's it's all going to your muscles. And if you just sit and you just kind of stop abruptly, this could cause your blood to pool in the, your lower extremity, so in your legs, and then that can result in decreasing your blood pressure. And that can cause some runners to become dizzy or lightheaded and even pass out after they finish a run, if they just go ahead and sit. 
So that would be another reason to not just stop and sit somewhere. Um, that would be another reason to kind of slowly lower that heart rate down by walking around and, and preventing that blood from really like pooling, especially if you know you have a history of like low blood pressure and or usually get lightheaded and dizzy at different times, then definitely take that advice. Tip number one, move and walk. All right, so we got some guesses here on Facebook. So Kat says, air, earth, water. And then Rachel finishes it off. There we go. Rachel, ding, 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 winner, winner. We got a winner here. Rachel, earth, air, fire, water. So I figured those four things really relate to us as runners, right? Think about it. Earth, we run on the earth, right? We breathe the air. We get some fire in our muscles, right? Our muscles feel like either they're on fire or you're just fired up for your run or for your race. And then water. We need to, we need to drink our water. We need to get hydrated and drink our water um, during our race to kind of stay going and to prevent any dehydration there. So kudos to you, Rachel. You're the big winner. And you know what you win? You win a set of spark bib boards because I promised you them yesterday and I ran out because they were very popular, but I have some right here in my office. I actually thought about you today because I placed them right up there. So I will give you one when I see you in person. All right, guys, let's get to tip number two for immediately after your race. So this is right when you finish your race, begin refueling. So the recommendation is about 200 to 300 calories of simple carbs and about 20% protein. So just to put this into perspective, a banana and an orange is about 150 calories if we're going like medium size. So that's about 150 calories, which is actually under the recommended intake. So think about, you know, a little bit more of a carb, whether if you are at regular races during non-COVID times where they're handing food out um, that's not wrapped. Um, think about a small bagel. And then think about how are you going to get your protein? So myself, I know for me, for those that didn't notice yesterday, I had brought two beverages with me for my post-race. One was in a green container, and that is going to go into the fourth tip, so I won't even mention it yet. The other was in another clear container, and that was my plant-based protein. So I brought that with me with my little coconut milk, and I had that um, as I was refueling with the bananas and the oranges that Kat was so gracious to bring to, uh, for us. That was my immediate post-race refueling. So I had a little protein, and then I had a banana and an orange. So you want simple sugars. That's the most important thing there. You know, if you guys do sports drinks, you can do those as well to get some simple sugars in. Basically, we need to increase our blood sugar levels, get that simple sugar, really kickstart the refueling process, and that will help kind of kick that, uh, <laughs> kickstart that refueling process. So I like that. Lou says that uh, spark is the fire. So in the earth, air, fire, water, add a little spark to that fire. I like it, Lou. Um, so tip number two was begin refueling. Tip three, guys, rehydrate. So we need to get back any hydration that we lost by drinking some water within the next hour and then continue rehydrating. And how do we know that we're fully rehydrated? Is it just when we're like not feel like dry lips, right? So if you're feeling that 
dry lips, dry mouth sensation, you're already past that point, right? We already know it's too late. So if you're feeling that during the race, right, you know it's too late. You didn't hydrate properly. So how we test on how we are in terms of hydration and did we properly rehydrate, that's just a simple urine test. So when you urinate, check the color. A light yellow indicates that you are hydrated and a dark yellow amber usually indicates dehydration. So if anyone here is on the live, if you guys have ever been there before, just type in been there. Um, If you had that dark yellow amber uh, color, I remember from my only marathon that I ran. Yeah, unfortunately, that was literally for like a good, I don't know, eight hours after my marathon. That's what that's what it looked like, um, unfortunately. So you know, that's not what you want after your race. So that's a nice little test where you can just see how hydrated are you? Um, Have you fully rehydrated from your race? So just do the little urine test and that will be able to tell you. So just think, just keep drinking water um, as much as possible. I'm going to take my sip right now. There we go. I'm rehydrating. And then fourth tip for immediately after your race is electrolytes. So you have to get in your electrolytes, all right? So this is important so you, so you don't just urinate out all the water that you're consuming. So your body needs sodium and electrolytes. It's important to allow your body to absorb that fluid intake, all right? So your body needs that sodium in order to actually absorb the fluid into your cells, into your muscles, all right, to get in your system so you don't just urinate it out. So for me, my I'm a big fan of UCAN, uh, big fan of UCAN Hydrate. So that is my go-to, and that is what I had during my race yesterday, and that's what I had in my green container after I was done with my race. So right after I was done, I actually drank that first before, as I was walking around before I went for my little recovery jog afterwards. Um So don't forget, guys, as part of the Healthy Runner community, you are entitled to 15% off all of your UCAN purchases. So just type in into the discount um, area code, um, coupon code, whatever you call it, uh, Healthy Runner. Just type that into Healthy Runner. And if you want to know more about UCAN products, we did have Matt Bach on the podcast. So you can go back and check out that episode with Matt. Um, to learn more about their products. And I was actually very, very grateful. I'm not sure if you saw my post um, a couple weeks back to be featured on their website as one of their experts. So truly, truly humbled um, to be on that expert page um, in the UCAN community with many of the well, well accomplished coaches, um, exercise physiologists, um, doctors, dietitians that are on that page. So I'm very grateful for that, and I'm a big fan of the UCAN uh, products and, honestly, their community and a lot of the information that they're putting out um, for their community members. Um, I get all their emails and a lot of helpful information. So shout out to UCAN and um, check out uh, more about their products on our previous episode that we had with Matt. This could probably be a whole other episode if we really want to talk marathon-specific. Everything that I'm talking about is really... Definitely half marathon pertinent, but like almost times it by two for marathon because the physiological changes that happen to your body in a marathon are twofold and maybe even more than that, honestly, um, on your body than it is a half marathon. 
So like literally your other systems kind of shut down, meaning your genitourinary system, your digestive system. Um, and I know for me, I felt like my digestive system didn't even like start again for like four days after my marathon. And there are research studies that have shown this um, and that you do actually get some acute renal um, changes and failure after a marathon. Um, so that's why they do not recommend it. Um, any, any scientist or researcher or medical professional usually doesn't recommend that you run back-to-back um, -back marathons and even back-to-back -back weekends because of the potential long-term damage that can occur to your kidneys and some of your other organs. Um, so keep that in mind. But everything we're talking about tonight is it's almost like super, super more important for you that are running the marathon. And especially if this is, if you're a novice marathoner. So this is your first, second, third, fourth. Um, you know, you need to really make sure that you're following a lot of these recovery tips in order to kind of bounce back a little bit quicker. Um, Brian, what's going on? Thank you for jumping on here on the live. All right, guys. So we covered phase one. Phase one was immediately after your race. We had four tips. Move and walk, begin refueling, rehydrate, and get your electrolytes in. So those are four tips. We have our four elements, right? So now phase two is the day of your race. So this is back at home on the ranch, right? Or if you're doing a destination race, first off, I don't know if there's any happening in 2020, but maybe you're going to listen to this episode in 2021 or 2022 and you're going back, you're going into the archives of the Healthy Runner podcast and you're like, oh, what do I need to learn about? And then you're like, oh, here we go. How do I recover after my race? And you're doing a destination race when you get back to your hotel room. So this is the things that you need to do that day of the race. Tip number one, soak. So now be careful, guys. Don't get scared when I say that word soak, because if any of you have ever tried this, it's pretty darn painful if you're thinking ice bath. How many of you who are here on the live were thinking ice bath? And how many of you have actually tried an ice bath? Um, just type an ice bath into the comment box because I'm kind of interested because I know that is actually the first thing I tried for my first race. So my first race was the New Haven Road Race 5K Labor Day race. And I was a novice runner. I went out there like super hard. Like I didn't know much about training, obviously, right? I just went out there and ran. I didn't know what the heck I was doing, but I just went out there like at a hundred percent effort level and I can barely <laughs> walk after that race. I was so sore. So I knew I had to do something for my muscles. And I was like, Hey, what do you do to recover after a race? I probably Googled it. Right. And I found out about ice baths and I was like, all right, let me try this thing. Wow. Was that painful? I don't know about you guys, but that is not comfortable at all. The only other time I attempted that was after my marathon because I knew I needed it. My muscles like literally seized up for the last six miles of my race. So I knew that I needed that for my runs um, or for, for those races, but it is super uncomfortable. I have not done it since. Um, so good thing to know is soaking. You just need a cool tub bath and soak for 15 to 20 minutes to reduce inflammation. So all the water temperature needs to be is 20 degrees cooler than your body temperature. And most of our cold water taps are going to be at that temperature. So you don't need to add ice. All right. So hopefully that makes you feel a little bit better 
and you can try a cool tub bath soak for 15 to 20 minutes um, and that will help just reduce some of the inflammation in your lower extremities. So, and you just need to soak, you know, your legs. So in your hips, your knees, your ankles, whether or not you did get any joint inflammation or inflammation in your muscles. Um, so Cheryl says, wow, sounds like I need to stick to the halves. Yeah, Cheryl, that's why I stick to the halves as well. Um, because I know some of that science behind full marathons, um, not to say I won't ever do a full marathon again, but I do not see the marathon being my race of choice where I will consistently do like two a year, um, of, of those, but half marathons is my favorite distance. And Joseph says, but this is still going on. Um, so I guess marathons you're talking about and Rachel says, Oh heck no, uh, to ice baths probably. And Joseph says scared of the ice bath. Lou says he did a cold water shower. So yeah, that will definitely cool down your core body temperature. I don't know if the shower actually is going to reduce inflammation though, Lou, unfortunately, because you're not soaking the body part in the uh, cool water. So just like we do from like a rehab perspective, um, we can do ice baths or cryotherapy to help reduce inflammation. Let's say it's a tendon that's inflamed or a joint that's inflamed. So you just had like an ankle sprain, for instance, and you had inflammation around your ankle, we'd put an ice pack on that or soak the ankle in cold water bath. Um, it's really that constant time under that that will help reduce inflammation. Uh, Brian says he never tried the ice bath, but I know someone that always took ice baths. So Lou says, that sounds good. He's going to try. Awesome. Yeah, Trisha says, I'm a huge fan of the Epsom salt baths. Yeah, so I've been really getting into Epsom salt baths as well for my feet at least. Um, I haven't done like all of my uh, legs, but definitely for my feet, I love Epsom salt baths. Um, anytime they're feeling achy, sore, uh, been on my feet too long, did a full day teaching where I'm standing and I'm treating a lot of clients. You know, it's like a day where I'm on my feet literally like 16 hours out of the day. And then I had it and I had a hard run that morning. Uh, my feet are like throbbing. So next day I like to definitely do an Epsom salt bath. Tanya says the cool water bath sounds much better. Absolutely. All right. So soaking tip number one for the day of your race. Tip number two, move. You got to keep moving periodically throughout the day. You need to go for walks. So this is not the day to like literally just sit on the couch and do nothing or just sit in a chair and do nothing. You need to get your body moving and go for walks around 10 to 30 minutes. Honestly, if you can just walk around, get your muscles moving at least two to three times that afternoon, the day of your race. So that will help prevent some of that soreness that you're going to have in your muscles. All right. So think about moving. Tip number three, hold three fingers up here. Tip number three is elevate and compress. So in between your movement and your walks, you want to recline with your legs and not just go in a recliner, like a sofa recliner with your legs up and you're sitting. You need to get your legs above heart level to truly get out some inflammation, to get out any swelling that's in your feet. If you ran a, obviously right now, we're in October. If we're listening to this, it is not hot and humid in Connecticut and the Northeast. I'm sure it's probably still hot and humid down South. So if you're in Florida, um, you might be running some humid races down there, but especially if you're running a humid race, 
like you are going to swell up a little bit. So you need to definitely elevate if you're running a summer race or you're, the weather is really hot for your race. So think about elevating above heart level. So you got to recline back. A lot of times I'll just like lie on the couch and you can put a leg or two up on the back of the couch. Um, if you have a recliner, you want to tip that puppy all the way back. If you want to lie on your back and prop four pillows under your legs, like I've done it all guys. Um, I'll give you the tips. Um, but you need to make sure it's above heart level and then compress. So I'm a big fan of the compression socks, um, compression socks. I, you know, have been shown in some research studies to help with some performance. Um, but it can also help with some swelling in your calf muscles and it's purported to help improve recovery. I can't tell you if that's a a true fact. Um, I do it. Um, I feel like it helps me, um, that day of, so I did that. I threw on my compression socks and definitely do the socks versus the sleeves after a race, because you do want to actually compress the feet as well, because you don't want to trap fluid into the foot area. Um, that's coming from your lower leg area and your calf. So I would go full socks. Um, like yesterday for my race, I did the sleeves for the race. And then, uh, I did the socks, um, later on in the day. Um, when I did some elevation and then I moved around. All right. Fourth tip for our second phase, the day of your race is refuel. So you have to have some small meals every two to three hours. So this is not the time to just like pig out and go for like a super large meal. Um, cause your body honestly isn't ready for it. So like Kat actually mentioned before, you know, she really, her digestive system, I know mine after my marathon wasn't working for days. Like you can't digest a big meal. It's just not going to happen because your body's still trying to figure out how to actually work and to send blood flow back to like your organs to help your digestion work. So you need to have smaller meals. That's going to be the best. Um, that's going to be the best bet is to have those smaller meals. And what you want to think about, this is the crucial time to really get that protein uptake back in um, to really help with muscle recovery. So muscles, the building blocks of muscles are protein. So you need to eat protein in order to help muscles recover. Remember, your muscles and your recovery after your race are really going to be dependent upon getting the proper fuel, refueling your body. And one of those components is protein to help those muscles rebuild And then that's how our muscles actually improve in their fitness. Just like when you strength train, the recovery portion is actually when they grow. It's not actually when you're in the gym. It's the actual recovery process. And if you don't refuel, then you're going to be missing out on the recovery where you can get to the next level. So whether that's in your running or whether or not strength training and you're trying to get stronger, um, the refueling is super important. So I don't want you to miss that. So the recommendation is 25% protein, 20% fat, and then 55% complex carbs to build back those glycogen stores that have been depleted during your race. So many of you are familiar with the concept of preloading before your race and maybe carb loading, right? Some may have... I don't think you should carb load necessarily, but you want to shift the percentages of what you're eating to more carbs prior to the race, definitely less fats right before, 
and definitely less protein as you get closer to the race time. But now we need to replenish your glycogen having nice complex carbohydrates. So remember, phase one, right after the race, we had our simple sugars because we want to kickstart that process. And now we need the complex carbs. So like myself yesterday, for when I got home, this was what I posted yesterday. So for those of you who don't know, by the way, you need to, if you're not following at Spark Your Training or Dwayne Scotty on Facebook, follow my profile, uh, personal profile on Facebook. I use that for, honestly, for my business and for the podcast. So follow me um, on Facebook or on Instagram at Spark Your Training. And you'll get some of these other behind the scenes looks and things that I do to stay healthy as a runner as well. And so I had one of my favorite meals is a little egg white omelet, but I do two yolks. So I get two yolks in there and I'll do like four egg whites, um, had some turkey in there, had some aged uh, cheddar cheese, and then I had a bagel with that. So it was a whole wheat bagel. So it was everything bagel. So big fan of the everything bagels, by the way. Going back to my roots, Long Island, Long Island boy, we have the best bagels there. However, I must give a shout out to my local bagel store, Chefs in Cheshire, is the closest thing I've ever come to a Long Island bagel. So a true New York Long Island bagel. I digress. Sorry, guys. But I'm a Long Island boy at heart. Now I'm a Connecticut guy. So I got to give a shout out to my Connecticut bagel uh, place. We need to replenish our glycogen stores. All right. So you got to get those complex carbs in there. So again, recapping the four tips in this second phase here of the day of your race is soak. Tip number two, move. Tip number three, elevate and compress. Tip number four, refuel. All right, let me catch up on my Facebook friends here. And guys, if you have any questions, first off, like I didn't say this earlier, drop them in the comment box. I think you guys know me by now, but let me know if you have a question on if you want me to elaborate on anything that I said so far. If this is making sense, let me know. Just put it make sense into the comment box. Or if you have a specific question, like should I eat this or should I do this? Let me know. Um, so legs up on the wall is one of my favorite things in the long run. Yes, Rachel, that is definitely a great thing to do to really help decompress the foot and ankle, bring some of that fluid back down, and that is certainly elevated above heart level. So absolutely. So Kat says, my immediate post-marathon go-to is syrup. Yes, syrup is great because that's simple sugars. So that's awesome and settles my stomach and gives me quick carbs until my stomach can handle some protein. Yep, absolutely, Kat. So that's exactly what we were talking about. Bala, how are you? Thank you for jumping on here. And congrats to you on your half marathon. Uh, so Bala says, what kind of stretching would be helpful after a half marathon? And then Andrea says, I'm a new runner, but laying on the ground with calves up on a chair is so relaxing. Yes, absolutely. So actually, Andrea, that's what I did yesterday is I laid on my floor and I put my calves up like on a chair, but it was on my actual sofa. And I literally just took a nap for 20 minutes. It was like power nap. I needed it uh, after all the energy and like just even like the planning portion of yesterday's race and then running the race and like the high after it. Like I felt like I would have literally collapsed later in the day if I didn't take a nap. But I basically, I laid down in that position you're describing and just passed out for 20 minute power nap. And then I was like, okay, now I'm ready to go. And now I went into what I'm going to be talking about in the days after your race, which we're going to get to Bala. 
All right, so I'm going to answer your question. And Brian says, makes sense. Awesome. Cheryl says, makes sense. Uh, she had a massage. Oh, my goodness. Cheryl, you're getting right into the next segment. Awesome. Cheryl says she had a massage today, and it helped loosen her calves and her quads. And Sundar says, downward dog, upward dog, pigeon, runner's lunge for hamstrings are some of my favorite post-race recovery stretches. So, Rachel, I'm sure you will have some input on that, um, whether Sundar is on the right track, because... That sounded like a different language to me, Sundar, because I am not a yoga specialist. But luckily, within our Healthy Runner community, we do have Rachel Pelham Serafino. So, Rachel, you can let Sundar know if he's on the right track there. Um, So, Rachel says, Andrew Pierce, yes, that's a really nice variation. All right, guys, phase three here, the days after your race. What you want to do is take care of your muscles. And Cheryl's already started doing this. So whether it's going for a massage, getting a good massage, doing some soft tissue work, um, or what you can do for yourself is foam rolling. So foam rolling is basically a self-soft tissue technique that you can do to help loosen up those muscles, kind of help that recovery process, and it helps flush out some of those toxins we were talking about earlier and decrease some of the muscle soreness that you have. So for those of you who want to know more information about muscle care, type in muscle care into the comment box and I will link the in-depth blog that I wrote on this earlier this year back in January. So I really got into, and this was our fourth tip of healthy running, is to take care of those soft tissue, soft tissue care for runners, right? Recovery. So that was like part of it, recovery. And today we're talking about recovery. So I will, that is more in depth into that blog article. So just type in soft tissue care or soft tissue article in the comment box. And when I see this back on the replay, and that's the other thing, guys, if you haven't noticed, like I literally read all of your comments. So I will respond to you. So don't ever feel like even if you missed a live and you're like, oh man, missed the live again. I was watching Dancing with the Stars. I wasn't listening to Monday Night Spark. First off, why aren't you listening? Um, No, but if you missed it, I know we're all busy, right? We're all crazy busy. I miss a bunch of lives myself. But if you put it in the replay and ask your question, I will actually see it and I will actually respond to you. So I'm happy to do that. And if you're watching this on the replay, kudos to you. Type in hashtag team replay. Let me know you caught this on the replay and that you are watching, uh, even if you're watching this on our YouTube channel. So on the Spark Your Training YouTube channel. So first off, can I just digress for a second, guys, because I just mentioned YouTube. So I don't know if you guys saw it, but I need to announce it now. I mentioned it in last week's podcast interview that I was dropping something very special for you. So last week, if you didn't see, I did drop probably my most proud accomplishment of, you could just like hear it in my voice, right? Like how proud I am of this because you you guys don't understand. I've been thinking about this for like literally over a year was like, all right, I have a dynamic stretching routine. We always do a spark warm up before all road races. So this is obviously prior to COVID and we were doing that for a year and I was kind of refining it as I went along. And I was like, you know what? I want to be able to have a resource for runners that can literally give them a five minute warm up that they can feel ready, that their body is ready for go time, that they're warmed up and they can prevent injuries and they can prevent themselves from like feeling crappy that first mile or two and feeling like your joints are so stiff that you're like fragile, brittle, you're going to break and your muscles are going to cramp up or you just feel like lead blocks. Like I 
felt that way before. So I know what that feels like. And this warm up has really helped me a lot and I've kind of changed it. It's evolved over the years and I'm really happy with the production of this. So I literally take you through the exact warm up in real time. I have captions there. So if you don't want to listen to it with sound, I have voiceovers there. So if you want to hear my voice and you want to hear me talk you through and actually give you the pointers that I give my clients when we go through these exercises and tell you what you should be focusing on as you do the exercise, then you need to check out this video. It is the five-minute warm-up. Um, so if just put five-minute warm-up in the comment box if you haven't seen it yet. Um, and if you have seen it and you've started doing it, because I've actually gotten some amazing feedback from runners that have actually tried this and even ones that raced this weekend said that they did the warm-up and they actually felt really good. So first off, let me know if you, that's you and you felt good. Let me know in the comment box. And then if you guys haven't seen it yet, check it out. Just go to Spark Your Training um, in YouTube to my YouTube channel. I will link it in the podcast show notes as well. And do me a favor, if you like the video, just do this please, guys. You guys are like my healthy runner community. This is, you guys are my peeps, right? So we started on Facebook and now we have the podcast and you guys are the listeners that care and I know that you value your health. So if I can ask you for, honestly for just one favor, it literally take you two seconds. If you do like the video, just literally just hit that little thumbs up button on YouTube and make sure you subscribe to my channel. So that's the only way YouTube knows if content is actually good and it's helpful for others by the number of subscriptions that people sign up. So whether it's my channel or any channel that you follow, um, if you subscribe, it will help them greatly. And then if you like anything about the video, I just ask like drop it in the comment box in YouTube what you liked about the video just because that will help YouTube recognize, hey, this could probably help other runners and maybe it just might suggest it might put in a little suggestion when a runner goes in YouTube and searches for best stretches for runners or something that they uh, type into YouTube. So maybe this video will come up. It will help me greatly and just help, honestly, this, this information get out to more runners so they can learn the strategies that you and I are learning here on the podcast and within our Facebook community. So I want to be able to help more peeps on YouTube um, and be able to find us there on YouTube. So that would be extremely helpful for me if you can just take 30 seconds of your time and do that if you like the video. And honestly, it's going to be a video you're going to want to save in a playlist. So I don't know about you guys, but I save videos I watch on YouTube in a playlist that either I go back and watch later. Um, any of the exercises that I've posted here, I recommend just like make a little playlist. That's what I do with my clients, my personal clients. We make playlists and then it's boom, you have all the videos there because this is going to be one that you play a couple times until you like get the whole program down um, where you have it down cold and you don't even need to watch the video anymore. So I will definitely get you guys who commented there um, on the, the article, Cheryl, I will drop that for you as well as Joseph. I will get you the warm up. Sarah, I'll get you the warm up. Tanya, I'll get you the warm up. And Trisha says she loved the five-minute warm-up video. Awesome, Trisha. I'm glad you did. Lou says highly recommended. Bala says yes, the five-minute warm-up was helpful. Awesome. Um, so Trisha says she found the video. Try it tomorrow. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. So let's get into we did first tip after the days after your race are muscle care. Tip number two is walk 
or run. So depending upon your level of fitness and how sore you are and how many races you have done, this can vary, but we are thinking at this point, conversational pace, easy running. So we need to get back out there, get back on the saddle. So for me today, I actually didn't uh, walk or run. I just got up. I had a lot of work to do actually. So I had to catch up on some projects that I have going and I needed to get done. And I said, you know what? I gave a freaking hard effort yesterday and it was my hardest effort in four years at a half. And I've run like eight or nine. So I, I really needed to get out there. And, but I said to myself, you know what? The best thing is probably do some foam rolling and gentle stretching. So that is what I did is took care of the muscles with some stretching. And actually going back to Bala's question on what types of stretching should you do is you don't want to do aggressive stretching at this point when your muscles are sore. So let's just talk about that muscle soreness actually, because I don't think I mentioned it. Um, Doms. Have you guys heard of Doms? Who's heard of Doms before? who are here on the live. Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm not talking about Don. I'm not talking about a guy. I'm talking about DOMS. D-O-M-S. That stands for delayed onset muscle soreness. So that is the normal muscle soreness that you have when you push your muscles to the extreme like you did at a race. So it's usually rare that we push ourselves to that limit So our muscles don't usually feel very sore in a training unless you really push yourself in a really long run or speed work session, or you are in the gym and you haven't lifted weights in a while. I'm sure everyone's probably felt this before where you do a little too much in the gym. You can definitely get DOMS and specific muscle soreness. So that's what I'm referring to. That's what you're feeling. And that peaks at 24 to 48 hours after your activity. So right now I am in peak doms for you as we're recording this live podcast episode because our race yesterday was 8 a.m it is 9 p.m the next day and i'm right in that 24 to 48 hour window so when i stand up from this chair right after i hit the stop button and i've been sitting here now for once we hit stop it's gonna be an hour i can tell you my quads are going to hurt And this is that feeling that you probably felt going down your stairs this morning. For those that live on a second level or like myself, I have to go into my basement to exit out the garage to get into my car. That's what you feel on the way down from stairs is you're doing that eccentric contraction of your quads and your quads like, whoa, hey, now I ran a race. Foam rolling and gentle stretching will help decrease some of that soreness. So Bala, the main thing is to think about not aggressive stretching. So like I did some dynamic movements this morning, that five-minute dynamic warm-up runners could be helpful, but you need to go easy. Don't go too deep into a lot of those movements because your muscles are sore still. And for your static stretching, don't pull and hold too hard. So I did some static kind of holding five seconds. And actually another helpful link, last year I actually put together a static stretching program with a strap. So I don't know if you guys have seen those stretch straps before, but I put together a whole, it's like basically takes you 10 minutes to do both legs to stretch every muscle in your lower body. So with a strap, I went through that whole program um, yesterday when I got home from the race and I went through it this morning 
after I foam rolled. So I looked at my foam rolling as kind of get some blood flow into the area, loosen it up a little bit, and then I'm going to start stretching those muscles. So if you guys haven't seen that video, type into the comment box, stretching with strap. So I know exactly what video to send you. Uh, so this is going to be stretching with the strap. If you want that 10 minute routine, um, it is on my YouTube channel, but it, it's probably gonna be hard for you to find because it was literally over a year ago. I had posted it up there. Um, so Andrea says restorative yoga, 100% sounds like that would be, I don't know what restorative yoga is, but for my brain, restorative sounds great. That sounds like recovery to me. I don't know, Rachel, if you could chime in on that. I would imagine, Andrea, you are on the right path. Sundar says, yes, I experienced doms before. Um, I think we all have at some point, right? <laughs> so Cheryl says that, I, LOL, I tried to avoid my stairs as much as possible today. <laughs> and Tanya says, I live on the third floor. Oh my goodness, yeah, so you cannot avoid stairs. And uh, Joseph says that second day delay catches me off guard all the time. Yeah, exactly, right? You're like, oh, I'm not too bad the day of the race. You're like, I'm not too sure. That second day, that's because that's when Dom's Peaks is 24 to 48 hours after um, your activity. Bala also says that how to prep for winter running. Can you do a session on this too? I know Bala. Yes. I remember you asked that question. Yes, we will definitely, we will definitely need to do an episode on that. That's coming up. Let's, let's hold off a couple of weeks. I know we have some 5Ks probably. People will be running in November, some maybe virtual turkey trots. And then we will shift gears to how do we run in the winter? How do we stay healthy the winter? So Bala, I will definitely continue to keep that in the back of my mind. Honestly, if you even send me a message on that, um, that would be super helpful. If you just send me a message in Messenger, and then I will make sure I add that to my schedule and get that on the calendar because I think that would be a very helpful topic as well. All right, so going back, guys, walk or running. That was tip number two. Days after your race, don't race, all right? It is recommended that you wait at least three weeks to jump into a 5K coming off of a half or a full marathon and four to six weeks before doing another half marathon. So for those of you who are into the every weekend challenge, I would highly recommend you resist that temptation because we can get like race happy. And I know it's tough this year during COVID because there really aren't many races um, going on. But in normal years, I have met many runners before who get like race happy and you just get like, you want to do a race every single weekend. That would not be in the best interest of your body. That would not be in the best interest for recovery. That would not be in the best interest for staying healthy as a runner. Last final tip for the days after your race. Understand the post-race letdown is normal. So I actually just talked to a runner before, felt great. You're on that runner's high after your race. You maybe hit your goal. You're like, yay, I ran my first half marathon. I ran my first full marathon. I got a PR, right? You're on like cloud nine, right? You're like up here. Like I was super pumped, man. I ran my fastest half in four years. Like I'm super pumped about that. However, the next couple of days, especially with you not running as much, sometimes can lead to a letdown. And the the feeling of you had this big goal, you had this eight week, 10 week, 12 week, 16 week training plan that you were like super focused on and now you don't have a plan anymore. So a lot of runners get this letdown and that's normal. Understand it's normal. Just think about though, as my fourth tip for days after your race is how are you gonna minimize that letdown? 
So take the necessary steps to combat that and be proactive and recognize that that's something real, that that happens to many runners and start to think about either setting a new goal, not running a race the next weekend, right? We already talked about that. You're not going to race, but set a new goal. Maybe schedule some social runs with friends that maybe you haven't run with in a while. Maybe you were with your racing buddies and your training plan buddies, but maybe you have a friend who is not a competitive runner, right? They're very conversational and because that's all you need right now. It's just to get some conversational pace runs in. Catch up with them. You haven't seen them in a while. Catch up on a run. Get to chat. Get to talk about things that you haven't done in a while. Maybe go for a scenic run. So maybe you're like a person like me um, who does like the same route all the time. And especially now that it's getting dark. I'm on like Route 10 in Cheshire like because it's lit. Or I'm on like where my gym is on a main road where there's lights. So I do go main, main road where there's sidewalks. There's lights. Um, I could be seen in the dark and I run super early. So there's not a lot of cars on the road anyway. So, however, if you're like me, then try to maybe go for some scenic runs, try to change the time that you're running. Like now the scenes are beautiful in the Northeast, right? We got autumn, we got fall yesterday on the trail. It was just like gorgeous. Like everything's starting to change. Everything was turning yellow. We're going to hit that peak season. So go for some nice countryside runs, scenic runs. I call like this loop around my house, the orchard loop. So I run past three different orchards near my house. It's like gorgeous. I see horses. I see ponds. I see apple trees. I see, you know, fall foliage. Um, it's just a nice scenic route for me. And it's different from my normal kind of hard runs. So, or think about any fun events that you can do. So there's plenty, like I mentioned, there's going to be like virtual turkey trots. Maybe you can get up, you know, get together with some socially distant friends and run a socially responsible turkey trot together. Maybe a Christmas little fun run um, in December. Get together with friends, have a fun event. So just something to look forward to, to prevent that post-race letdown and to prevent that post-race letdown to going to like post-race blues or post-race depression and then post-race not running, right? Because that's the thing we want to prevent. You ran your race. Maybe you're a novice runner. Maybe you're a beginner runner. Maybe this is the first time you ran a race. Like kudos to you. Like you're amazing, honestly, because that's a huge step. But now we want you to become a runner for life and we want you to do it in a healthy way. And that's what we strive here on the Healthy Runner Podcast. So I want you to be able to run for the long run and run for your health. And the only way you're going to do that is if you kind of think about how are you going to get back on the saddle. So have a plan in place. Think about preventing those post-race letdowns. So for me, guys, we're going to start to wrap this episode up and because I don't want it to be too, too long. So many of you who are listening to this, you are going to need a mental, especially for a full marathon training program, you're going to need a mental like release from running. So if you're not motivated to run, Like that's totally okay, but do something, try to stay active, try to get your body moving. So I hope what I've conveyed in this episode is that movement is good. Movement is medicine, right? So movement helps a lot of your tissues heal. And if you listen to anything we talked about on hamstring tendon pain, iliotibial band syndrome or runner's knee, you know that movement is the key to healing your running related injuries. Movement is also the key to recovering after your half marathon or your marathon. So this is coming down the final stretch. It was like the last half mile of my race yesterday. I was really pushing it. I was trying to keep up with uh, my buddy Lou and 
if I could change one thing about recovery that I see many runners make the mistake of, what would that be? That's really, I, I think it's it's the concept, misconception that many runners feel they just ran a marathon, they just ran a half marathon, and that you can just eat anything in the world. <laughs> and you either have a huge meal or you just eat like crap for like three days. And you have like fast food and just unhealthy foods. Those types of foods are not going to actually refuel your body after your race. So refueling your muscles, we talked about like protein intake, refueling so you're not so sore, body, your digestive system back on track, right? So having more whole, yes, can you have some, you know, cheat food, so to speak, um, or some things you were craving, maybe that you didn't want to have right before your race? Yes, but not go out every single meal um, out to eat or, you know, having all the guilty pleasures and like the three days after your race. Cause you're like, well, I ran a marathon and I burned, I don't know, 15,000 calories. I don't know how many calories you burn on a marathon, but, and then you justify it with like, well, I can eat that much. Right. Cause I burned that off. That's not really how it works. And you want to think about your body as a temple and a machine and you need to refuel that machine. So garbage in is garbage out, right? So think about that recovery process and you will feel a lot better and less sore, all right? So what I'm gonna be, what I really talked about as a recap in this episode, I broke down three distinct phases of recovery after your race. In each of those phases, I talked about four specific actionable tips you can take to help you recover quicker so you can get back to doing what you love running in a healthy way without getting injured. So we talked about those three phases being immediately after the race. So what should you do right after the race, right after you cross that finish line? And then phase two was the day of your race. And then phase three was the days after your race, honestly leading into the first couple of weeks after your race. So for those of you who jumped on the Facebook Live, first off, Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. I really appreciate you guys tuning in every Monday night. Um, and if you found this helpful, please hit that like, hit the love button. It just helps Facebook realize like, hey, maybe this might be important for me to show in front of other runners' news feeds as they pop open Facebook today. Um, and if you caught the replay, just hit that like, hit the love button. Let me know you watched the video. I would love to know that you did catch this and hopefully the information was easily digestible for you. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, please guys, if you know someone running a race and they're not sure what to do immediately after your race, and maybe you hadn't considered that because a lot of times you don't think about that. You think about what you need to do before your race, how to train for a race, what to do on race day, but you don't think about what to do after the race. So this stuff is important so you can bounce back quicker. It's going to be less painful for you. So it won't be painful going down those three flights of stairs like Tanya was mentioning earlier in the episode. So these actionable steps will help you be able to recover a little bit faster so you can be feeling good about yourself and getting back to running. Because remember, we're in this for the long run, pun intended right? This is our healthy lifestyle. We love running as a form of exercise. We are training in order to run, not running in order to train. All right, guys. So thank you so much. Remember every Monday night, 8 p.m., we go live within the Healthy Runner Facebook community for Monday Night Spark Live. So tune in Eastern Standard Time, 8 p.m., 
and keep us in mind in your schedule. Thank you again, guys. Remember, stay active, stay healthy, and just keep running. Until the next race, guys. Bye. Hey, wait a minute. Just to let you guys know, much of what you heard on this episode is delivered live within our Healthy Runner free Facebook group. So head over to there to request to join our community in which you will have access to the video version of this episode and so many bonus features, including blog article references and YouTube video links, as well as me answering your specific running related questions. Also, we are closing in on 50 reviews on iTunes, which I am super pumped about given we're only six months into this podcast journey together. So to help me get there, the first thing you need to do is you have to subscribe to the sucker, whether it is Apple iTunes that you're listening to this or whatever platform you are on. The next thing is make sure you leave a review. I love to hear what you have to say and I read all of them and it means a lot to me. The last thing, guys, is take a screenshot of whatever episode you're listening to and put it on your stories on Instagram and tag me. That's at SparkYourTraining. If you do this, I will repost it so you'll get a bump, I'll get a bump, and most importantly, we will share this information with a lot more runners because that is the goal, guys. We want to get this information in front of as many runners as possible to help them be healthy and stay on the road doing what they love. So take a screenshot. Share it on Instagram stories and tag me in it. Let's try and get to 50 reviews on the podcast. Thanks for listening.